The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. I remember standing outside the door my brother-in-law was like, wait a minute, I need to go to the bathroom before we leave. And then they left. Didn't think anything of it. No, like, weird, like, something feels wrong. Just like, okay, I'll see you in the morning. And I'll never forget, I was laying on my old bed in my old bedroom at my parents' house. And I was watching Inside Man, which is a Netflix series. You know, you never forget when you hear news. Yeah. When something yeah. happens. And... The phone was ringing close to 9 o'clock p.m. And I was like, okay, solicitor, spammer, whatever. But there was a voicemail. And usually I don't pick it up. It's nighttime, whatever. But I was like, that's weird. Let me check the voicemail. And it was the Redwood City Police Department. Please call us back. It's about your sister, Grace. My stomach dropped. I was just yeah. like, oh, my gosh. It felt like a deja vu because when I was 18, my sister almost died in a car accident. We've all been put here for a reason. And we all deserve acceptance. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. I'm a trauma survivor from a really young age, and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD in the past few years. I've been surrounded by death and abuse much of my life. I've been dragged through the mud and have been to the point of not wanting to go on anymore. Through my interviews with other survivors, I've learned that there is a way out. From recovering to surviving and thriving, we all have the strength to come out the other side. You are listening to Judging Megan. Hi, everybody. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. Um, my guest is already like giggling because I forgot that I switched. Um, I, I used to work with a different company and now I'm working with Riverside. I'll give them a shout out. Um, and I forgot that they do a countdown before you start recording and you're on camera. And so I already started talking because that's typical me and that's how I roll. Uh, before I introduce my beautiful guests today, um, I'm going to just like a couple and remind you of a couple of things. If you are a listener, whether you're new or you've been listening to me since 2020, thank you. You, you all will never realize how much you mean to me. Um, and in a lot of ways, how you all save me and your messages help me in my, uh, on my good days and my bad days, especially I love hearing from you. So please continue to reach out. The best way to reach me is through my Instagram. That's the best way. Um, so it's judging Megan with an H the correct way to spell Megan. Also, you can follow me on TikTok because I now it's the worst thing that somebody could have ever showed me because I think that I am really good at it. I try to do a TikTok every day. They're ridiculous. And I just make a fool of myself. And honestly, what's cool about it 
is a few years ago, and I'm going to, I'm going to introduce Lisa in a second. Um, I was so worried about what other people thought of me. Like I was so wrapped up for 40 something years with what, oh my God, am I going to make, am I going to embarrass myself because I get up and sing, or am I going to embarrass myself because I look, I said something the wrong thing, or I looked a certain way. And then I went through that horrible friend breakup with all the Karens and then what, and then what it did was it was like one of the best um, gifts in a way that I could have ever been given because now I just really, excuse my language, Lisa, I really don't give a rat's ass what anybody thinks of me. So when I go on there and I post these videos, it's kind of freeing in a way because it's like I'm incorporating my theater degree, <laughs> which I'm not using at all because I was a theater major and I'm making these ridiculous videos. Okay. That's one thing. Um, second thing is uh, for the feedback that I've been given on the episode that's out now with Mary Hollis and Bowden. And I hate to start every episode talking about these mass shootings, but it's something that is very important to me as a mother, um, as a citizen of our country to use my platform to talk about this. There was a, yet another mass shooting yesterday. This needs to stop. Um, if you go to my Instagram, I wrote a lunatic post about with a lot of explanation points about why this isn't okay. And everybody knows it. And 80% of or plus of our country is, is for background checks, mental health background checks, and um, banning AR-15s. No reason. We're not trying to take away your guns, but our kids need to be safe in schools. And I'm going to pretty much probably say this a lot because I'm over it. And I think a lot of us are, especially as mothers. Uh, my last thing is I am going to introduce my beautiful guest today, Lisa Spiridon. And I love her last name. And I'm going to tell you, I told her before we recorded and we were kind of like going back and forth yesterday that when I have guests reach out to me, or they apply to be on the podcast, I love that more than anything. Because not only for my own ego to know that like people are listening and I, I can put a name to a face of my listeners, which I love doing, um, it, it, it really touches my heart. And I love having guests on that listen to the podcast or we're listeners and they say, well, I want to tell my story on Megan's podcast. My, I matter. My, I say it every a lot. If you follow me on Instagram, you matter. Your story matters. Keep going. I say it pretty much every post that I do. So, Lisa, I'm really, really honored to have you on. Thank you for listening to my podcast, and I, I can already tell that I adore you. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Megan. And I'm humbled to be on your podcast. Well, it's when you, so when I got your application and you, you, I guess you had found me because I was on Sal and M's podcast, the good morning podcast or good morning, um, which is a grief podcast. And I was on theirs and I kind of shared my story of my own grief and the things that I've gone through. Um, I love, I don't, I mean, I wish I didn't have to talk about grief and that, and I wish I had never experienced these things just like you do, but what it does is it builds your character. It builds you as a human being. And it also people that have gone through less, like you or I have gone through or Sal and M or whoever my listeners are that listen to this, that are going through a loss, it builds empathy in human beings. And um, so out of that massive amount of pain that we go through when we go through a horrific loss, it's almost a gift that your heart becomes bigger in a way. Do you agree with that? I would love to hear that before we start. I wholeheartedly do. And I actually was inspired to start Gifts and Grief because of that. Yes. So tell me about that. That's your new Instagram you just started. Everyone needs to follow her, please. Go ahead. Yeah. So one morning I just woke up and I was like, I need to do something besides what's going on in 
Can I cuss on this? Oh, I cuss every episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this yeah. shit show, shit storm I'm in right now. Yeah. Like yeah. Is, yeah. I Feel was free. like, I need something to look forward to because I've known through everything I've personally experienced, especially over the last few years, looking forward to something allows me to create some ease in my life, some joy in my life. The even when, right? Especially when you're in the grieving process of like sadness you can be sad but you can also be happy but when I first lost my father in 2021 I felt guilt for being happy but then I realized through it that my dad would want me to be happy so I started creating more of that and then when my sister and brother-in-law were tragically killed on November 4th of this last fall. And today happens to be the six-month anniversary. So six months, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, my world turned upside down in an instant. And I was like, I didn't even, I was in such shock. I've never experienced that kind of shock because my dad's passing was more expected. Mm -hmm. um, and where I'm going with this is... I was like, okay, what have I learned over the last few years? Because there's been a lot of stacking in my life. It's like loss after loss after loss. Um, and I got the message and I wholeheartedly feel it was my sister saying, do something that brings you joy because dad would want that. And we want that for you. And one morning I woke up and gifts and grief came through and my sister's name is Grace and my brother-in-law's name is Greg. And I didn't realize at the time G and G gifts and Gr grief is also a way to honor them. But what I realized through this very short period of grief that I've been in since losing my sister and brother-in-law is that there are gifts. There are so many gifts around us, but we're in, when we're in the midst of chaos and in our own crap, right? Because grief reveals us. It doesn't change us. I wholeheartedly believe mm -hmm. that there is a lot of good, even in the darkness that we're in. And I wanted to focus on that, not just for me, but my nieces who I became an instant mom to, because I know I need to be okay. Okay. So let's, let's, let's talk about that. So I love what you're doing. And, I, and something I left out when I was introducing you that drew me to you is that you're a numerologist an animal lover. So you work with animals and obviously people doing numerology and you do numerology on animals. Yes. <laughs> and I am a huge animal lover. Um, I believe that, I mean, I believe, and I think I said this, to, I don't know if I said, I said this to somebody yesterday that was talking to me about, oh, it was my, one of my best friends, Jill. And I said, and I say this a lot, that when we go through a loss and we've lost somebody, they're still with us. The thing that stinks is that I say they're just in the next room. They're literally just in the next room. We just can't get to them. But they're, they're with us. Some, some, I think, are closer than others. Like, I, for some reason, I've, I say this all the time, I'm very connected to Julie, my best friend, but I'm... My dad passed when I was a little girl and my sister, and I don't feel connected to them, but I know that they're with me in ways. So um, I would love to hear, like, go back a little bit and, and hear about your life and where you're from and kind of before we go into, like, the losses that you went through in the recent years. Yeah, so I was born in Boston, raised in the Bay Area. Very close-knit family. My mom and dad, I was first generation here. My dad's from Greece. My mom's from Lebanon. And my sister was born in Redwood City, California. Little sister, three years younger than me. Of course, when you're growing up, siblings, you know, we have sibling rivalry. We don't get along as well. But um, I didn't share this in the form. When I was 21 and my sister was 18, she almost died in a car accident. And I was by her side every day um, until she was released three weeks later. And the reason I'm sharing that is it that's the catalyst to us becoming closer than we ever were growing up. And 
fast forward over the years, we kept in touch with my confidant. I shared this um, in the funeral in her eulogy. Mm-hmm. She was the kind of person, her name's Grace, that everywhere she went, she would touch people's lives. Everyone I've met since the day she passed has had nothing but good things to say about her, which is a testament to who she is as a person and her name. Um, I, over the years, would dabble in hospitality. I did that in my 20s. I was a bartender, waitress, worked my way up management. And then I was like, ugh, this is just not fulfilling me. So my mom one day was like, well, you love animals. Your first word as a baby was cow horse. (laughs) Not mom or dad, cow horse. So Uh I went back to school to become a vet tech. But I was exposed since a very young age to alternative modalities, astrology, numerology, you name it, um, past lives. So that was my normal. I didn't realize that wasn't a normal for some of the people I would cross paths with. So I would study numerology while going to school, becoming a vet tech and so on. So I just had it as a hobby. But what I came to realize is I would randomly be talking to people on the streets, coffee shops, um, parties and stuff about numbers. The next thing you know, a good friend of mine said, why don't you make this your profession? And I was like, are you kidding me? I can't be a numerologist, you know, Mm -hmm. just trying to talk myself out of it. This is This is just my fun side thing. So for a while, I just was like, no, 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 and resisted it, which is normal, right? Resistance shows up for us individually, and it ties into what you were saying earlier about shooting, right? There's this collective resistance as well. Mm So I just started doing it, and the next thing you know, it turned into a business. And um, I started looking at numbers in a different lens, and that was inspired when my father passed away on January 31st, 2021 during lockdowns. And that was excruciatingly hard because we couldn't see him in person. We could only (sighs) FaceTime with him. Thankfully, the memory care facility was at because he had dementia and Parkinson's let us see when he was transitioning. But to not see him for almost a year and a half in person was torture, absolute torture, not just for us, but especially him. You know, human connection is vital. Especially when somebody's going through, I have another, one of my dearest friends from college lost her dad during COVID. Same thing. It's, it's, it's already hard enough to go through loss. And then on top of that, people just not being able to connect. And, you know, we come into this world with joy and love and, and somebody to hold you. You we should be going out of the world if possible that way as well as we transition yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm and I'm a daddy's girl, and yeah. I'm a daddy's girl. So being that close to my dad was really hard, but I had time to accept and process it because he had been diagnosed with Parkinson's then dementia. So I knew his time was going to come. He had a terminal illness and diagnosis, mm-hmm. but to have it happen during lockdowns was very hard. So our family is very solution based. I was like, how can we still connect with my dad if he's in the facility? So we would FaceTime with him three days a week. And my dad was a Bible reader, and I was very anti going to church growing up. So I felt like it was karma coming back to me where I'd read the Bible to him (laughs) up until the day he transitioned. But there were excerpts in the Bible that do resonate, like love thy neighbor and um, other excerpts. So it felt kind of cathartic to be able to read those excerpts to him and to connect with him, especially in his final days. Um. So that happened, and that was in the middle of lockdowns on top of my mom being diagnosed with stage four cancer, and that was really hard also because not only did my mom get diagnosed with stage four cancer, but my business I put my heart and soul into at the time folded. So there was all this loss in less than a year, and I was just like, holy Mm -hmm. smokes, like, universe, can you give me a break, you know, Mm -hmm. like, this is just too much. And then someone on the street I was randomly talking to, and I know she meant the best, but it just pissed me off. She's like, you know, everything happens for a reason. Oh, and I I already said that. (laughs) Yeah, but there's nothing, there's nothing worse. Yeah, when you don't want to hear it. I was like, lady, I know you mean well, but please just like, seriously, like I'm about to. There there should be like a, (laughs) there should be like a little like book. To like on what not to say when somebody's going through grief, I, and I'm that should. I'm actually writing notes on that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. 
I would like to be your co-author. Um, yes. that, that because it's, it, it's such a weird thing. It's like, I've gone through grief so many times in my life and I don't even know the right things to say. When I say everything happens for a reason, I mean, it just like the shitty things and the good things. Like we don't know why, like, why exactly did you lose your dad? Did your business fold? Why was there COVID? Uh, all and your mom going through cancer uh, stage four all at one time. Like, you know, it doesn't make any sense. And and that it is like I say it happens for a reason because otherwise, like, why? Like, we don't we don't know. And if you're spiritual, like I am, and I and I'm I know that you are. Um, we have to know that. Like, I, I guess I say that too because it gives me like peace. Because like, why? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, it is true. People say that, say the worst, they say the worst, though I say a lot of times too, not, I'm sorry, I'm such a big mouth and I talk over people and I feel bad, but when people it's your say- your double 11 energy, which we'll talk about. It is. About. I know. We'll talk about that. <laughs> it's because um, it drives me nuts. I, I like have to like piggyback on things, but um. When somebody says, when you go through a loss and it's like a parent or somebody super close and they say, oh, well, my grandma died, like, and, and it was like your parent, your dad, like for, in my case, when I was 12 and kids in my class would say that to me. And I was like, pissed, same kind of thing. Cause you're like, no, it's not the same thing. This is my dad and that's your grandma. And, but you don't know, like they didn't mean it in a mean way. They meant it, but it was just bad timing. <laughs> exactly and yeah. even like you know your father had leukemia leukemia mm -hmm. I remember you sharing that in your story when I listened to your episode and then my mom has cancer but even though they both have cancer right kind of cancer it doesn't mean we're experiencing the same thing even if it's mm -hmm. a diagnosis mm -hmm. or even if it was the same like if it was my dad who had it and your dad, right? It also, it's it's our own experience. And I was having a conversation with my friend recently about the what you say and don't say when someone's grieving or mm -hmm. at loss or anything tragic. And I said, I think that's partly why people don't know what to say is because they don't want to say the wrong thing. So what is the right thing? And who do you say it to? And when do you say it? And how do you say, you know, all these things that come with that. So it's like, She's like, I didn't even know what to say to you. And you're one of my good friends since childhood. And I was like, wow, that just like made me stop in my tracks and go, if my own close friend doesn't even know what to say to me, I can imagine what a stranger or someone who I don't even know can say. And I had another good conversation with another good friend and she wrote um, a blog about words and the power of words and how people do want to say stuff they do want to support and help others they just don't know how and that's where I feel us as the receivers the ones who are grieving you know sometimes we don't even know what we need help with you know and I've realized that so many times especially over the last six months as I navigate this grieving journey losing my sister and brother-in-law and becoming an instant parent to my nieces mm -hmm. it's like I know I need help, but I don't know what I need. So what I'm telling people is if you see something, just do it. And if I don't want you to do it, I'll let you know. <laughs> it's such a good point because grief is also relative. So like when we, when I said a minute ago, or you said, uh, if you say like, you know, my, when my dad died, for example, and some, and the kids came to school, well, my grandma died. Well, I don't know what your relationship with your grandma was. And maybe you have never gone through loss before. So you really don't understand it. Right. But what, but something you just said is just do it. Like yeah. if you know, somebody is, um, and I'm not, I'm no expert in this, even though I have a podcast that people listen to. Sometimes I wonder why. Um, cause I'm not an, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professional. I have friends that have gone through loss and I know people that are going through loss right now. I don't even know what to say. I don't know the right things to say. Sometimes you want to run because it's a reminder of the pain you went through. You know, it, to be reminded of grief is like, it's also like can be a selfish time for somebody because they don't want to go back to that place, if that makes sense. But if you do know somebody that is going through something, 
the best thing you can do, and I, one of my best friends is right now going through like the worst thing ever that I pretty much of anyone I've ever heard. And I just remind myself every day to like text her or check in and just say, I'm there. Like, you need me, you call me. You like want me to get on an airplane, I'll go get on an airplane. Um, And that's really like, that's what we can do for each other. Don't be, don't hide. Don't not say anything because then their loss seems like it doesn't matter to you. And people, when they're going through grief, can be extremely sensitive Right. To like, I, 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 I 100% right? agree with that. And the other thing I've been like sharing with people is, Hey, you might not have the right words to say, and you can say, you don't have the right words to say. Yes. That, that might be a good lead in to just say, Hey, I don't know what to say, but I just want to let you know, I'm thinking of you or I want to support or help you. That's mm-hmm. all you have to say. And me as a receiver, that feels good. That's yeah. like, wow. Thank you for thinking of me because I know that I'm that person because I have been, we're being there for others, checking in on them, just take doing something. And if they want to receive it, great. If not, they don't have to. So, well, let me ask you what, how did, and I know this is difficult. It's still fresh. It's been six months. How did you lose your sister and your brother-in-law? So I'm going to lead into this because this is part of my woo woo side. Mm -hmm. Um, So because of my mom being diagnosed with stage four cancer and her being all on her own, I mm-hmm. came up every four to six weeks to visit her from the central coast. My mom and family live in the Bay area. And thankfully my husband and I had the flexibility to do that because we didn't have our own human kids. Um, so I would come up, I would see her and she happened to be scheduled for a cataract surgery on Monday, November 7th. So usually when I came in town, I would help her out with whatever medical procedure she needed and also around the house. But then I would also give my sister and brother-in-law much need a break from their twin daughters, especially Mm -hmm. because, you know, a lot of parents through lockdowns, it was like, you know, nonstop. So any break was always welcome. And I loved spending time with my nieces. So I was initially going to come in town on Saturday, November 5th. Because my mom's surgery was a Monday, I knew I was going to be in town a little longer than I would usually plan on. But I woke up Friday morning, November 4th, and I was just like, I need to go in town today. I just, it was just this weird feeling. So I went to my husband, I said, I'm going to pack my bags and I'm going to leave today. My sister and brother-in-law are going over with my nieces to my mom's house for dinner. And I want to spend time with them. So I drove into town. And we were hanging out and we were also just kind of toasting my sister since she had just gotten a promotion at her company in the middle of layoffs at Google. She was very successful in her career, very humble about it too. And we were sitting at the dinner table and what was very weird is that we were reminiscing about childhood that night. We were reminiscing about all these things and we were talking about a situation that happened just this last August where, and when I tell people this, they're like, I don't believe you. I protected one of my nieces from being attacked by a kangaroo. <laughs> and this is another story. Which, That's the first. But it was like, we <laughs> yeah. were talking, it, it was a, a sanctuary up in Oregon because we have a vacation rental up there. And we were staying up there and they were visiting us. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because I said this at dinner and it's very weird that I said this out of all times we got together because we were, we're a very close family. We got together very often, especially for me not living close. And I said this at the table. I said, I will do anything for my nieces. I will protect them at all costs. I will never leave their side. And I will never forget saying that. And my sister looked at me and she said, I know. I know you will. So... They had to leave because my nieces had a a very early soccer game. The next morning It was the final soccer game. It was at 8 a.m. So they're like, we need to get home. They live 20 minutes away from my mom. And I remember standing outside the door. My brother-in-law was like, wait a minute. I need to go to the bathroom before we leave. And then they left. Didn't think anything of it. No, like, weird, like, something feels wrong. Just like, okay, I'll see you in the morning. 
And I'll never forget, I was laying on my old bed in my old bedroom at my parents' house, and I was watching Inside Man, which is a Netflix series. You know, you never forget when you hear news, Yeah, when something yeah. happens. And the phone was ringing close to 9 o'clock p.m., and I was like, okay, solicitor, spammer, whatever. But there was a voicemail, and usually I don't pick it up. It's nighttime, whatever. But I was like, that's weird. Let me check the voicemail. And it was the Redwood City Police Department. Please call us back. It's about your sister, Grace. My stomach dropped. I was yeah. just like, oh, my gosh. It felt like a deja vu because when I was 18, my sister almost died in a car accident. And they're like, you need to get to the Stanford ER. And I was like, what happened to my sister? They said, you need to just get there. And I was like, this is not good. This, I mean, I was clammy. I was shaking. My mom was inside the other room watching TV. I told her, Mom, we need to go. And what was re-traumatizing is that it was the same ER my sister was at when she was 18. We were driving to the same ER. So it was like, holy smokes. This is like so weird. We're driving into the same ER. And I remember waiting at the front where they check you in. They have to check your bags and stuff. And it felt like forever because they wouldn't tell us anything. And I was like, can you just let me see my sister and brother-in-law and nieces and make sure they're okay? And the nurse came up and she's walking us to the back. And it felt like we were in a movie. And I was like, why isn't anyone telling us anything? This is not good. And my mom was hysterical. Like, show us, you know, take us to Grace and Greg. Show us the girls, you know, all this. And then we go into that quiet room, you know, like you see in the movies. And one person after another, after another, I want to say there were four or five of them. There was a two doctors, a firefighter, a police officer, and I forget who else was there. And I'll never forget the gentleman saying, we're sorry to inform you, your sister died in a car accident tonight. And I was like, I was numb. I was, I just like was like, holy shit. And I'm sitting there with my mom and my mom's like, I don't even remember exactly what she was saying, but it was something along the lines of this is not real. This is not real. And then I was like, well, where's Greg? Greg didn't make it either. And I'm like, wait, you're what? Like, and I'm like, well, how about my nieces? Your nieces are okay. They have some injuries because they were in the car with their parents. And I was like, thank goodness. Like, how did they survive this? So what happened was, and I was like sitting there going, well, does Greg's parents know? Do Greg's parents know? And they said, well, we told you you're the family member. You need to call his family. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I have to tell his family. And I could not get to, I, it was like, I don't even know what time it was. All I remember is it took until 1130 at night for me to get calm, to actually call his brother because I couldn't get a hold of his parents to tell him the news. And I don't know how I was able to stay calm when I told him, but I was like, yeah. I need to get my shit together before I tell his brother. And then his brother's like, why did it take so long for you to call me? And I said, because I kept asking, are they going to call you? And I was just like hysterical and I'm trying to be there for my mom and my nieces. And I just didn't know what to do. And then I was like, I went into my default, which is I'm not leaving my niece's side. I am not leaving my niece's side. We found out that, my sister was on El Camino, ironically, in the same city she was born, Redwood City, turning off of El Camino and got struck by a race car driver going extremely fast. And I don't know the details of the collision, we're calling it, because I don't want to see the police report and I cannot go there for my own sanity. I just mm -hmm. can't. But apparently they died in an instant from what I know. Is that true or not? I don't know. Based on the time that I got the, based on the time the acts, the collision happened and the time on the death certificates, it looks like it was pretty close. And it's an absolute miracle that my nieces survived. Absolute miracle. Both their parents killed immediately and they survived with injuries and of, of course, extreme trauma. Yes. But they had an angel. There was a lady who took them out of the car there was a teacher whose condo was right next to where the collision happened and took them in to protect them from seeing their parents for an hour until they got to the hospital. And when we got to the hospital, my mom and I stayed the night that night with them. The next night, I just stayed by myself because they were like super uncomfortable couches. And it didn't even I didn't even realize that this was my new chapter in life to be an instant mom with my husband 
Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D, designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me ask you a question. How old are your nieces? When this happened, they were seven. They only knew their parents for seven years. And that's what my niece said. They are extremely wise. They're like, we only got to know our parents for seven years. And I was just like, you know, just what what about, I know that you don't want to go there, but what about the driver? Do you know anything? Has he gotten in legal trial? I mean, I would hope. Um, or how are you dealing with that piece of it? Yeah. So this is, you know, me learning the law legalities and all this, right? There's criminal and civil and Mm -hmm. all these layers to this. Apparently it can take up to two years for anything to go to trial. I don't, I don't know the details. I'm learning along the way where things stand now is he's in juvie because he was a minor when this happened, but he was only 60 days from being an adult. Um, our families have wishes about what we want, which I don't know if I'm legally allowed to disclose it this time, so I probably won't say okay. it. Yeah. Um, but we do want justice. Okay. And this is ultimately justice for Grace and Greg and the girls not having parents for the rest of their lives. So a few things. Number one, like we talked about, like, and I cry pretty much every episode. I am so sorry. Like, I don't, it's one of, I mean, having somebody pass like that is, so if they died in an instant, you're almost relieved because they didn't have to feel the pain, if that's true. Yeah. But those little, is it two little girls? Twin identical nieces and being in the car with yeah. their parents. I being don't know the, the details. Car. Like, I'm probably going to find out because we're starting to do family therapy where we're going to yeah. visit the accident as part of the process yeah. for them. But um I just can't, like, I'm like, if I can't even hear the details, but they're the ones in the car, I just, these poor little seven-year-olds, they're now eight. They've turned eight since this happened. Um, But I know that you lost your uh, sister, which she is like a sister, your best friend, Julie, Mm -hmm. unexpectedly also from, wasn't it airborne staff, if I remember? I'm trying to remember. Like meningitis. Yeah. So, but, but, but what, what reminds me and it's different, but I I will never forget. I think I talked about that on the episode being in the hotel. I mean, in the hotel, in the hospital 
And it's almost like, well, what do you do now? Like, what are you talking about? They're gone. Like, so this is over. Like they're gone. And like, I'm not going to see them anymore. And we're done. Yeah. And I, and I wonder if, if that's like you saying that your brother-in-law or the brother of your brother-in-law didn't was like, well, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you call me sooner? Because you're in shock. I'm in, in shock. And, shock. And yeah. I know he didn't mean it in a bad way. It's just like, I was just like, everything yeah. was spiraling around me. And it was yeah. like, what is going on? Like, this feels like a nightmare. I literally mm-hmm. felt like I was in a nightmare and I was numb and I was in shock. And I'm trying to be there for my mom. I'm trying to be there for my nieces. And I'm calling my, my husband hysterical since he was still down south. And I'm like, Grace and Greg died. You need to come up here now. And he was like, wait, what? And it took me a couple of times actually to get a hold of him because the first time I called, I was shaking. And then I texted my best friend and I was like, all I wrote in there was Grace and Greg died. That's all I, and then she was like, wait, what? And I was like, tell everybody. Cause I don't have it in me. And she just literally broadcast it. Cause we, you know, have a lot of the same connections. And then the next, you know, it's in the newspaper news. People are contacting me and family members out of the wazoo. It was published in people magazine. I mean, it went viral nationwide and you know, I could care less about the news and the coverage. I want more um, awareness raised about race car driving. I want more awareness raised about trauma and grief and loss. You know, yes. trauma and grief are extremely scary for people because it illuminates who we are on such a deep level, the parts of ourselves that we have chosen not to face in so many ways. This is, that's why I see it as a gift in some ways if we choose to see it that way because it is a gift it allows us to really learn and heal parts of ourselves had this not happened it wouldn't have been otherwise so what I'm trying to say is yes is it a really crappy situation and I'm still in the very early stages of processing this but if I can choose to lean into the gifts of this experience and what this is here to teach me not just about me but about others then I'm doing myself a a service and others as well. And the other part that I was going to share about all this is I was looking at the dates and my, I'd been putting red flag dates on the calendar every month. My husband reminded me November 4th was a red flag date I'd put on the calendar. What is a red flag date? What does that mean? So in numerology, there's hazard dates. It means there's certain numbers that are kind of like oil and water. They don't blend. It usually means something on an economic level can happen. A natural disaster can happen. Something usually big happens, a black swan event in the financial world. So November 4th was on there, and my husband and I are invest in different financial things. So I was like, okay, this is a red flag day. This might not be a good day to do X, Y, Z. I didn't realize November 4th had been on the calendar until my husband told me maybe two or three months later, you knew you had November 4th on there as like the biggest red flag date of 2022. And I was like, that's insane. So then I look, start looking at my sister and brother-in-law's numbers, my numbers, my mom's numbers and my husband's and my nieces, because I don't have my brother-in-law's family's numbers. And all of the numbers lined up to indicate it was a super red flag day. The number five, five in numerology is change in movement. It can also mean change, meaning leaving the physical plane. My sister, my mom, my brother-in-law, my nieces, and me all had fives in our chart that day. And I was like, and that was the only five in our chart in over a decade. And I was like, are you kidding me? So then when you shared about Julie, four, four, I was like, oh my gosh, that's another powerful number because eight in numerology, as I shared with you, you know, in our back and forth. So Lisa just shared that with me yesterday. She asked me about Julie. So so the listener. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's six months, grief brain. (laughs) Bear with me. No, no, no. It's sometimes Uh, I forget. You forget sometimes that you have listeners listening to this and you'll just go into side convos. But so yeah. April fourth was the date of Julie's passing. What was? Do you mind sharing the year? Um. So it was two thousand two. Wait, let me make sure that's right. Because two thousand one. No, was it two thousand one? Let me think. I have to think about that for a second because okay. Logan 
just turned 20. So what year are we in? We're in 2023. So Logan was is my godson, Julie's son. So that would make how long ago was what year was that then? 20 and he was three. 2003, 2003, right? Okay. Yeah. And that's a five year, another five. Oh, wow. And the reason I bring up the eight, the four fours, my sister was an eight too. And eight is another number that can indicate something health related happening. And then you have the five with that, and that's an oil and water combination. So it pretty much means that something pretty significant, pretty drastic can happen. So I use numbers not just for like bad things. I use them also as just like a little FYI so that you're prepared for what may or may not happen. I knew based on my sister's numbers that something was going to happen to her at some point in her life. And I thought the car accident when she was 18 was the big thing. I just didn't realize that she was meant to leave this world at only 42 years of age. Um, but, and my brother-in-law was 44 and four and four is eight too. So you haven't, you also can look at age numbers, but the reason I'm bringing up Julie's date in particular, plus the year she passed which is mind-blowing to me because we were just talking about fives, is we can just kind of have some kind of a comfort of knowing, mm -hmm. if you believe this, if it resonates, that our death is no coincidence, that everything is planned, even if it's excruciatingly hard. And this is not to say everything happens for a reason, right? It's just more of like a FYI, like Gain, give a little insight more into explaining it because like in astrology they talk about like eclipses could be big times that powerful potent things happen on an individual and collective basis in numerology there's certain number patterns that we can look at so it did make me feel a little better seeing the numbers but at the same time it's just like this hyper vigilant state i'm in right now you know mm -hmm. of like what's next because of all this loss like oh my gosh like my mom's stage four cancer is she next you know she's the last person in my nuclear family once she goes i have no one i always thought mm -hmm. i was going to grow old with my sister and she'd be the one by my side helping me with my parents' estate and growing old together and taking my nieces on fun trips and who knows when they turn 21, you know, somewhere fun. So it's like all those looking forward to with my sister is not there. So I'm like, okay, what can I do to make me be okay ultimately for me and my husband, but for my nieces, my new quote unquote children. And that's yeah. another thing is like the whole mom role of, I don't want to replace my sister and brother-in-law want to honor them. But I also understand my nieces want to identify someone as their mom and dad. So well, you're going through like more grief than pretty much you're very high on the scale of grief of what, what human being can tolerate and go through. I mean, on top of that, seven, eight is I have daughters. So that's a diff. I have a nine-year-old right now. It's a, it's a, it can be a hard time because they're, they're kind of coming out of the baby years, but they're not yet tweens. Yeah. So it's, it's, and then on top of that, dealing with the grief and the loss and not, not having a fully frame, uh, formed brain and not understanding what death and loss is. And then for you, going through your own grief and still dealing with a parent that's terminally ill. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just sometimes just too much. Right. Oh, and so, yeah. and so when you say to me like yesterday, if you're okay with me talking about this, but we were texting back and forth and you said that you were dealing with vertigo. Oh, vertigo. No, totally okay. fine. Oh, I know that was part of like my body just going. Yeah. Okay. Your body is not able to like, deal with these things. And so the best thing that you can do that it sounds like you are doing, there's really no, I wish there was like a manual, like I said, on what to say when somebody passes, but also like, can somebody explain how to grieve? No, they can't because we're all going to grieve in different ways. And by the way, I had a very famous doctor on here at one point and he said, I think it was Dr. Glenn Sheraldi, and I, maybe it wasn't him. 
I can't remember. It was a doctor. I remember him telling me this. And there, they said, there's no such thing as the seven stages of grief. No, I wholeheart. I, I agree with that. Yes. It's, Which I was like, but that's what we're all taught. You're supposed to be like shock and like you go through all these things. No, that's not true. You could go grief. I say this a lot. Grief is a lifelong process, Lisa. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be like, you see me now. This It's been, Logan just turned 20. It's been 20 years. One day... I will just be sitting in my car and I don't think this is a bad thing. Again, this taps back into the good part. If you look at the good things that, and I know I hate saying this to people because they're like, go F yourself. What are you talking about? The good parts of grief, the parts that are, that make you sensitive and your ability to be empathetic and your gifts of numerology and understanding numbers. And like, you know, I was like on my Peloton yesterday and you told me those things And I don't think you will ever understand how much that, like, I'm getting emotional, but how much that meant to me, what you said yesterday. Um, and like looking at the page you started and your, your, your very kind heart of being able to say to your sister, I love them unconditionally, unconditionally, which made her in her mind go, I, they are supposed to be with her. So I think we all kind of know in a strange way things that are going to happen. And I just got goosebumps when you said that because last night I was talking to my husband. I was like, there were signs along the way. I just didn't realize the signs. I, 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 there were so many. I mean, my sister and I reminiscing about childhood the date November 4th on the calendar, the kangaroo incident where I protected my niece, you know, like all these things. And the fact that I spent so much time with them since they were born. I mean, I was an extremely hands-on auntie seeing them every four to six weeks. So thank goodness, you know, that's a silver line. One of the many silver linings that I was close to them, that they were comfortable with me and vice versa. You know, can you, I can only imagine them going to some relative or person who they don't even know you know so I'm yeah. really trying my darndest to focus on all these positives and thank goodness as hard as it was for my husband and I to uproot our lives on the central coast we made the sacrifice to move in with my nieces so that they wouldn't experience even more trauma than yeah, they like had living, you know, we didn't want to disrupt their home environment you know and yeah so not only am I are my husband and I grieving the loss of Grace and Greg and on top of that, my dad, because that was only two years ago, we're also grieving our community, the lives we built on the Central Coast, being there for my mom, being there for Greg's parents, you know, being there for everyone else. And I'm just like, holy smokes. And on top of that, I haven't been able to work in six months. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, there's just so much to process. So every six time months, I- by the way, is not a long time. No, like, it's not. <laughs> That's such a short amount of time. Especially with this extreme trauma and grief. Yeah. I mean, we're still unpacking our boxes from that we brought up from down from our home down south. And we're merging two homes together now. And we, you know, it's it's just a lot. And most people will not understand or get it, you know, no matter how compassionate they are, they aren't here in the day in and day out. They're not with mm-hmm. my nieces when they are having a great day and when they're having a really hard day especially with this going on and that's the other thing it's like thank goodness I have a background working with kids also I was a substitute teacher I was a nanny I was a camp counselor I was a tutor so it's not like I blindly walked into never working with kids again but it's still like you know like okay we're jumping into this it's not like we've been preparing for this you know so, um, you're an automatic parent. You need to like be really easy on yourself, really easy on yourself. I'm, I'm because, because I, being a parent, by the way, is really hard. <laughs> like one of the hardest things that you can do. And you know, these are, these are, I have two daughters and some days I'm driving them to school and I want to start screaming out obscenities. It's hard. It is hard, hard, hard to be a parent. And then dealing with the grief component of it on top of that, you just really need to be really easy on yourself, really super easy. And the boxes will get unpacked 
and the things that you have to do will happen, but you just, you really need to take it like moment by moment. And if you're having vertigo, you lay down, you Mm -hmm. deserve, you deserve to be kind to yourself. You know, you really do. And that's where our 11 energy, because you're a double 11, just from the day and month. Explain what a double 11 is for my listeners. So, okay, I'll start with the 11 and then I'll explain the double 11 in numerology is considered a master number by numerologists. I like to say mastering. So it's like double the lessons, double the gifts. So you're literally a satellite dish. And I know you shared this when we were conversing back and forth yesterday. 11 is extremely intuitive, extremely creative. They are real. I call them the human lie detectors. (laughs) Like they can call people out on their crap in an instant, but they're also really good at allowing their inner guidance to lead them. So when like, let's say someone's talking and you're like, oh, there's this full of crap. I can tell, I can see right through them. You're just like, okay, but most people don't. That's the thing with 11s is like, you can, you can feel it, but 11s just know it. It's like, you can't even convince us otherwise. You're like, you can tell me otherwise, but I know you're full of crap. Like you just, it's like, you could just So do you have a good instinct and tell my listeners why I'm an 11? It's because of my birth date, right? Right. Isn't that why I'm an 11? Yeah. So you're born in 11 months, November, and then 29 Mm -hmm. adds up to an 11 in numerology. So that's where we get the double 11. Now, when you add 11, 11 together, it's 22. So you really have a 22 energy too, which is really that urge to build something, build a legacy, build a strong foundation. You can also lean more into work, 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 and it's hard for you not to work. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you don't love your flexibility and freedom outside of work, but work is very important to you and you take a lot of pride in your work um, and your identity comes through that as well in a lot of ways. But the reason I'm bringing up the double 11 energy is it's really important when you have those double digit numbers, 11, 22, 33 in your chart to really tend to your nervous system. Because what happens is, especially when we're experiencing anxiety, trauma, and grief, is it can do a huge number on our mental and physical health. So mm-hmm. um, like we're 11s are more inclined to having sleep challenges 11s are also more inclined to anxiety and PTSD and all these other things. So it's like, that's weird because those are all things I have. (laughs) But but it's also teaching us to find ways to manage it. We're learning Mm -hmm. about ourselves. That's why I say master. It's a mastering number because it's double the lessons, double the gifts. And when we can work through those lessons and the challenges we're here to learn in this lifetime, we come out an even better version, not just for ourselves, but for the world. And you're doing just that by sharing your message and creating this podcast and everything else that you've created. And you will continue to because you do leave an imprint on people's lives, whether or not you realize realize it. And you did that for me when I heard you on Good Morning. And because of that, I started listening to your podcast. And that's when I was like, I feel like she might have an 11 in her chart. And it's kind of funny because like... You know, I work with numbers, so it's like I just pick up on those weird things. And being 11 myself, you just have this weird knowingness. And it might not be your life path number. It might not be a month or day you're born, because I don't know the year you're born. I'd be kind of... Oh, I'm not telling anybody, but I'll tell you offline. Okay, then I'll tell you your life path number, (laughs) like your sun sign in numerology. But the reason I bring up the 11s is 11 is really here, like you're the pioneer. You're like mm-hmm. the one woman show, like one, you know, the, what is it, the song? One is the loneliest number, right? Where mm-hmm. we feel so alone in this world, yeah. but we yeah. also tend to draw in a lot of people. It's this weird duality that we experience where people are like, oh, you must like have so many friends and go out and socialize and stuff. But the thing with 11s, we need a lot of downtime. We yes, need so much true. downtime to like unwind and to take care of ourselves um the other thing so this year so 11 11 22 and we're in a seven universal year and i'm not going to get into the details of this but 22 plus seven so you're also in an 11 two personal year so your 11 energy is like off the charts this year so it's really really important especially this year that you really take time out of your schedule on a day-to-day basis week-to-week basis for yourself 
You know, even if it's just like going on a walk or a salt bath or just having meeting a friend for coffee, you know, to nurture your soul. It's really important because this year in particular is focused around relationships, not just for yourself, but with others. So you might be noticing you're being tested, especially in partnerships or relationships this year. That's so interesting. I, I, so much of what you said is so cool and true, but do you think that 11 sometimes, like I am so sensitive, like mm-hmm. it's almost like I, I get hurt really, really easily. And, you know, like I am very open in my story I wrote and my podcast about that friend breakup. I'm really hesitant to like let make friends again. I'm sorry, by the way, I'm like making this about me, but really quickly. Um, It's just, I wonder if that's meaning I have like started making really great friends again. And it took me a long time to be able to trust people again is my point. So I wonder if that has something to do with being an 11. It is. And 11s do go through a lot of friendship breakups and a lot of relationship changes over their lifetime because it's really about rinse and repeat for us. I call it a Mm. spiritual baptism of sorts. (laughs) But is it also too, like something I struggle with is I'm sorry, I'm a really good friend. Like I'm a great friend. I've never done, I've, I'm all, even to the Karens that hurt me, I never did anything to them except be their friend. I didn't deserve what I got. And I like, Yes, I have to live with that. But does it, does it mean like, is it me just expecting like the same from other people in return? I always wonder that it's something I, what I will say when you were talking, a message that came through very strongly because I'm also Mm -hmm. a medium. This is something else I weave into my numerology. Oh my God. I love you. This is is the message I got is those experiences were there to teach you about yourself. Yes, I believe that. And the experiences were also there to teach you about setting better boundaries with yourself and others. Hmm, Interesting. Because you are such a giver and you give, give, give. And you also, 11s tend to attract the people who need the most support and help. So like you might have attracted deadbeats in your dating days. You might have attracted people who were more needy and codependent um that's what happens with 11s too and it's all it's kind of like we're the teachers but we're also the students in that experience right so we're also going to learn from those experiences whether they're romantic or professional or friendships or family family is a big one like your stepdad i remember you talking about your stepdad yeah, was one of your greatest my monster your, yeah. ste- your stepdad was has been one of your greatest teachers in this lifetime this is all like, do you do re- just on a side note for my listeners? Do you do re- like phone readings yeah, or Zoom I do readings? Audio. So usually the way I do readings, I do them audio. And the reason I do that is uh-huh. because I noticed when I was on video yeah, that I get a little distracted because I'm able to tap into a person's energy and be more present and provide the most value when it's just over the phone. But when I work with people, they have a chart to follow along and we talk through the numbers. We also, you also get a 12 month forecast talking about here's what's in store for the next year as far as themes and lessons. So for you, this year is focused around relationships with yourself ultimately, but with others also, whether it's personal and or professional. Are you looking to partner with someone this year on a collaboration or something? I might be, I might be partnering with you on our grief chart, on our grief, what not to say. Yeah. Um, So um, you are, you are feeling that on a deep level, like, you know, something is brewing and it's going to present itself. And that's part of the 11 of just trusting and knowing. So it's about the 11 is also being reminded to get out of our heads and back into our bodies, because that's one of the biggest lessons also with grief for me personally is to trust what I'm feeling and know what I'm feeling and where it's showing up on my body, being able to identify it. So Okay. Enough about me. I feel like I'm taking over the podcast. No. And I'm like, can you tell me about why this happened? Blah, blah, blah. There's I, okay. a I mean, this, this, this is we'll, like, we'll talk offline. <laughs> I, I, cause I, now I'm in, I'm like obsessed with you. Um, what I want to say to you, cause I know we're close, we're closing in on the hour. Um, is, just how I've been doing this now three years and 
And I, and something that I feel very strongly about is why people have to take on the roles that they take in their lives and why things happen. And I feel very strongly like you. I'm not saying I'm a psychic, but I definitely feel feelings that where I know I'm drawn to people, like I talked about in the beginning. I just want you to know that your sister, I feel like your sister is with you. She's so proud of you. She's so grateful to you. Your dad is too. And, you know, you need to like be easy on yourself, Lisa, and take a step back and, and like, you're an amazing soul. I feel it like just talking to you, like very, very, a very, very, very special person. And, and I know it's, I know what you're going through is just devastating. And if I was there, I would give you a huge hug because you and I are pals now. Well, we're keeping in touch. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) Um, so for my listeners, um, that want to reach out to you either to get a reading or maybe they're struggling and they've got they're they're going through a fresh loss. Where can my listeners reach out to you? Gifts and grief on Instagram and numerology catalyst. And I do need to update them just because I've been on a hiatus for six months, but I did uh-huh. update my booking calendar where I'm going to start taking only two clients a week, starting probably a couple weeks from now. I think the the gifts that you've been given in this life, numerology, I believe in, I'm, I'm really believe in certain things, mediums. I tried to say in the beginning of the podcast that when I went to a medium, Tim Braun, who I've had on the podcast, he's a very famous medium. He has told me that my dogs, my one dog, Lucy, who is a Yorkshire Terrier, who I love. She was my first child. She comes to me uh, often. And I feel that animal energy, I believe they're like, just with your sister, they're waiting for us in the next room. Yep. And like, we talk about rainbow bridge. I think that stuff is true and we really need to remember it. But the other thing I was going to say that sticks with me is at the end of every podcast, I say, be happy by making other people happy. And you're doing just that. So you continue with the pain and the grieving that you're going through, you do your Instagram and you talk about the the gifts through, is it gifts through grief? Just remind me of what the- Gifts thing. and grief. Gifts and grief. So for my listeners, follow gifts and grief. Um, How much you can help just one person, just one person sees your Instagram or you talk openly about what you're going through. And then- it's just kind of like I say a lot of times, it's like building a campfire and that fire just spreads. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. So keep doing it, okay? Yeah. And 2020 has taught me that we could all use a lot more of that. Oh, God, sister, especially in this world. Don't get me started. Yeah. Um, Lisa, I adore you. We're, we're now BFFs. Um, I all you too, is- Megan. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone, please um, don't forget to follow me on Patreon. If you want to join Patreon, uh, my husband and I do episodes, additional episodes for Patreon. And um, I adore you, Lisa. And I'm so grateful that you are so brave to come on and share your story. And I know your sister is like smiling down on you. Everyone be happy by making other people happy. Thank you. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.